This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. And welcome back to The Lake Effect, episode 25. We're going to do a special one for you guys today, something we've never done. It's not covering Cleveland sports particularly, but it's something that is getting more and more popular. It, it might be the most popular thing surrounding football, and that's fantasy football and betting with even fantasy football, but more importantly, the real NFL games. And I... Wanted to bring someone on that I know personally that is one of the most avid fantasy players I know. His his mentality is if I'm going to do something, I'm not going to do it half-assed. Uh, that's why he just biked from Cleveland to Cincinnati in like two hours. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the show today, I have Eric Giesler. He's going to be our first guest on Make It Rain. It's going to be the segment today. And... Uh, but Eric, if you want to just kind of introduce yourself and say hi to everyone, then we can get going with your our DraftKings and uh, Vegas Superbooks talk. Yeah, hi Chandler. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. And yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm a I play fantasy pretty hardcore within my own group of friends. I've been taking their money for at least a decade. <laughs> taking but, my uh, money in baseball right now. Yeah, that's right. But uh. As far as games, you won it, wait, when was the last time you lost a game in the fantasy baseball league? Uh, April. Yeah, uh, that's that's horseshit. Yeah, thirty-four <laughs> straight wins, but the playoffs start today. So. Oh my gosh! Sorry, baseball, I interrupted you. I forty, but I I definitely enjoy football as well. Yeah, so uh, we're kind of just gonna for you guys go over our DraftKings, you know, who we would take. You know, a risky player that might win you. You know, Geisler's kind of like helping me learn more about DraftKings. I've always been a Yahoo or ESPN, CBS fantasy type of guy, and he's kind of helped me on the lingo and the kind of strategies to go with on DraftKings when there is a clear-cut salary and you're trying to win money. Um, so, you know, he it's just kind of like in regular football, you got to have some people that you just – Stay away from. You can't touch. You got to have some people that you take a good amount of risk on. And you got to have safe picks. That's how you win in real life. That's how you win in fantasy. So we're just going to jump right in with our quarterback, you know, who we're going to fade. I just learned that word from Geisler. Um, you know, who, who's kind of a risky pick that is, you know, could, could make or bust your week. And then who's the safe pick that's just like, it's not sexy, but he's going to help you advance or win that money. But uh, 
Eric, you want to start with yours or you want me to go first? I'd prefer you start if you don't care. <laughs> okay, so we're going quarterbacks? Yeah, let's do it. The least sexy position in football. You should never draft them before round five in fantasy. That's my rule. No, you should. I don't know about I don't know about money DraftKings, but in ESPN. No, you definitely in, in season-long fantasy. I definitely advise not taking a quarterback before round five, at least. If, but I usually wait longer than that. But um, yeah, for the DraftKings, I'd say pretty much the whole world has got. Pat Mahomes fever right now, and uh, I think for Week One on DraftKings that'd be a pretty hard fade. You want to—he's the number one price quarterback out there, and he's going to go into Jacksonville, who's going to be all wound up after a disappointing season, and he costs 7,200, which is quite a bit of your bankroll. So I would, I would fade Mahomes, and of course any selection you make can end up being a poor selection, but you have to. You have to stand somewhere, and for week one, I'll be against Mahomes right now. I agree. Yeah. Who would uh, so, I I I agree with you. Patrick Mahomes in real life football, I'd be the first quarterback I take, 100 percent, um, week in week out probably. But like you said, Jacksonville's they're gonna be fired up. They're gonna want to prove that they can play with the best of them. And Kansas City is the best of them. So I, I agree with you that that's a hefty price to pay for a quarterback. And they, they also have running back issues right now they're dealing with. And, you know, everybody knows about Tyreek. So yeah, if you let if you let Tyreek get loose on you, I don't, it, should, it just is what it is. He, he, can, he could go off, but I don't like Sammy on the other side. And it's going to take – a lot of weeks before that hardman guy yeah. pipes off so i agree and a thing that's not talked about very often is they lost their center so i mean that's uh, on the offensive line the center is your that is like your anchor you know yeah that's he, gonna be big yeah that's, so i'd like to see how that plays out but yeah i agree that that's a good fade for patrick for week one and and if you do want to pay up for a quarterback in that top range, which I wouldn't be doing right now, um, Deshaun Watson is probably safer in you know against New Orleans, but it, it is on the road, so you, you run that risk too. But I I'd probably fade both of them. But if you're looking in that top tier, um, I think Watson could be a shootout there. Yeah. So who would you have as your risky risky pick quarterback for Week One? Well. I'm not sure what the ownership's going to be on on this game. It one of the low key high scoring games of the week could be the uh, Tampa Bay 49ers game. Mm-hmm. And uh, now when you're dealing with Garoppolo here, there there is a bust chance. There is a chance his knee blows up, or that that year when he was awesome was a mirage. But at 5800, Garoppolo is a pretty good pick against what was a terrible defense last year. So I pro- I'm probably going to be playing a decent amount of Garoppolo. Oh, um, that's So, and the, the weapons there are better than what you think with Burita and Tevin Coleman. And then they just drafted a whole slew of wideouts. Pettis, you know, they got the Kittle man. They got Debo Samuel. He's good. Debo, Hurd, yep. And then they got, and 
Oh, I forgot they got Hurd. I'm excited to see how they use him. Hurd's good. Plus, if you remember, whatever year, I think it was 2017, the last time Jimmy played, mm-hmm. him and that, uh, oh, his name's escaping me right now, but that real speedy wide out, they were going off for like five weeks. Right? Oh, was it uh, Godwin or Goodwin? Goodwin, Marquise. Yeah. And he he's there, too. So they don't have any standouts, but they have... They have very lot. solid skill positions. Yeah. Very solid. Tevin and, Coleman's a very underrated running back right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that'd be my risky play that could pay off big when you're looking at a matchup against Tampa with no running game. So the clock is going to be stopping every time Jameis throws a ball in the dirt. <laughs> um, so that Which could will be, be often. Yeah. Which I you like can play that. this week, too, but I'd, I'd rather go Jimmy G. I like that. What's his price on uh, DraftKings? He is 5800 so he is... That's not bad. No. I, I don't have the actual ranks, but it looks like he's somewhere around QB 20. Yeah. Uh, two, oh four, six, eight. He's a 17th, 17th price quarterback. Well, I know and who I'm they, taking as my quarterback pick. Sorry. Go on. Who's that? <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, I know who you're taking. That's yeah, yeah. You see it. Um, but yeah, around Jimmy G, you're looking at the the names around him. You're looking at Rivers, Prescott, Trubisky, Carson Wentz is down. Carson Wentz is priced very low at 5700. But against Washington, you know, I, I like to target the high scoring games. And I, who knows what that game will be? It could be 17 to three. Washington could, Washington just could quit at halftime. Who knows? Yeah. So. So, who would be your safe pick at quarterback? There, there's quite a few picks you could make, but um, when you're looking for safety and you're looking for just like a head-to-head matchup, and it's week one as well, so there's a lot of things that have been said in the preseason by a lot of analysts, and a lot of those things that are said target the upside and they don't factor in the risk like if i'm gonna build my house i'm going with tom brady week one yeah mm-hmm. i he i mean he's tom brady he he may not outscore 10 quarterbacks but he's not going to be number 28 so if you're looking for safe money um night game you know prime time in pittsburgh brady always feels like he's got something to prove in the prime time for some reason it seems like anyways um that's just that's just a gut call really i think i think you really could see brady and i'm I'm a steelers fan but um i wouldn't be shocked if i'm sitting there sunday night watching brady just rain bombs yeah i um i really like what the steelers did this offseason for their defense However, yeah. Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson are nowhere near lockdown corners. Um, no. Joe Hayden big... was for half a season with the Browns. And then ever since then, you know, it's he's been riddled with injuries that have slowed him down. Still, it, Joe, Joe Hayden's a great guy to have on your team. He's good locker he room presence. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Steelers were doing with that. But also, it's like it's the cornerback market's not just loaded with people. So it's, I see it both ways, but this Patriots offense might be, you know, the most loaded that they've had in a while. They have, you know, if Harry can play week one, they have Harry, but 
you know, for sure they have Edelman, Michelle, James White, Damian Harris, just at running back. Yeah. They got a slew of wide receivers that they're confident in this year. I agree that's a safe pick. I don't think Tom Brady is ever a bad pick in fantasy, honestly. In, in week one, I go for that safety. Yeah. So is that who you think you'll be taking? I think in my – I mean, I don't I don't want to get too much away because I'm in a pretty competitive season-long league, but I would, I would probably be on Brady for my safe money leagues. Mm. Yeah. So I, I'm better at safe money. Um, I can I can take somebody on head to head and destroy them. It where I struggle on DraftKings is when you need to find that um that that diamond dirt, in the rough uh, that dirt ball that goes off that one week. That's <laughs> that's easier said than done. It but is. But I know the concepts of it and how to do it. And but the the safe money is usually what I'm better at identifying. Yeah. So I uh. That is much easier said than done. I'm going to hop over to my fade, my risk, and my save. And I think for fade, I I think it's got to be Jameis Winston. I don't know what the hell he's doing up at third overall in DraftKings, um, third money-wise. He's at 6600 Patrick Mahomes at 7200 Dear God, if you're going to spend that kind of money on Jameis, just go ahead and get Mahomes. Yeah. So – a strong prize. I even like Winston um, in fantasy, not in real life. Yeah. But uh, that price is coming out the gate hard. And yes. DraftKings, they know who people will be on. That's why they priced him there. People yeah, are going to be. Sorry. Yeah. With Munkin being out of Tampa Bay, I have less and less faith in Jameis Winston. Bruce Arians, quarterback whisperer, yada, yada, yada. Jameis Winston is nearly developed already. Um, I'd be surprised to see him improve that much more, to be honest. I don't know how you feel about him. Well, I think I, I like the call on the fade because people are, are going to be on him, and he's completely risky. The only, the only part, the counterpoint is Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber and that other guy, Agawale or whatever. <laughs> they suck. Yeah, if the Niners put up some points, Jameis is going to throw the ball 45 times, and that's the that's where that value comes in. But I I don't trust him up there at the third price tag. No way. No, me neither. I uh, so I didn't want to do this, so I'll go through them kind of fast. But going through this list, I've got four quarterbacks that stand out to me, maybe even five that just are screaming. Um. I think that, as crazy as it sounds, Nick Foles for 5,300. I'm not a fan of Nick Foles at all, but he plays Kansas City. Play your matchups. That's just a gut feeling. Josh Allen, fantasy monster to end the year last year, was the hottest quarterback at the end of the year. He's only at 5,600. He plays the Jets. Jets don't have a corner on their roster. Like, Geisler, you and I could go play corner one and two for them. Tremaine Johnson is ass. Carson Wentz at 5,700 versus Washington. Uh, I love that matchup. I think the Eagles might be the best roster in all football. Yeah, I uh, love this year. Yeah. I, I don't know if I love Wentz early in a fantasy, I mean, a season-long league. If you have another quarterback you feel 
trust in, like, then I would take him. But especially just a week, week-to-week matchup, Carson Wentz at 5,700 is a tremendous price. Um, Dak Prescott at 5,900. That against New York, who also doesn't have a single cornerback or a defense for that matter. I really like that. Uh, I Dak's finished top 10 in fantasy like the past three years. Uh, I like Dak at 5,900. And I've still got two more. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 6,000 against Miami. They have him as fantasy. Wait, is that their fantasy points per game last year? What they project him to have this year for this game? I can't tell. That's not. That can't be from last year because it's only. It's only okay. got eleven. So they mm-hmm. have him to get eleven points against Miami. Oh, they're factoring in the uh, weeks one through ten where he. Remember, he was basically playing. Ah. Uh, running back for behind Flacco. Okay, I wondered what the hell they were doing. If you but, look at the log, he's pretty much sitting at 20, 20 points or better most of the time. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's a fantasy monster. Terrible thrower, but and my last one, a 6,100, like, that's a lot still for a quarterback. But Matt Ryan versus Minnesota, I know Minnesota is a pretty good defense, but they don't have a lockdown defender. They don't have a lockdown corner anywhere. Xavier Rhodes looked like he was going to be that guy, but I I think he's faded back a tremendous amount. And Matt Ryan to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley with Freeman in the backfield. Mm. I think got that some all new day. They definitely yeah. have weapons. Yeah, so that's – I think the Falcons are my sleeper team this year. I think there's a chance they can beat out the Saints in the, to get into the playoffs. They're, they got Deion Jones back, which is huge. Um, Keanu Neal, you know, those are two guys that got hurt real early. Keanu Neal tore his ACL game one last year, but Matt Ryan's is someone that's always going to be solid in fantasy points, but I don't really, I'm not going to name any risk I have because I just named the entire NFL for my safe picks, but, <laughs> but, uh, those are the guy, like, it's just, you got to play your matchups like big Ben in new England's not a good one. Um, and I, I like the Nick Foles call. And, and uh, one of the things you have to do, too, in fantasy, in, in regular fantasy and in DraftKings, is identify game scripts. Mm-hmm. And you, wanna, you want two different things. You want the dominator. You, so you want the guy who's going to be on the team that's dominant, especially the running back, um, if you think they're going to dominate another team. And another role you want to target is... A shithead who's getting getting smoked twenty to nothing that has to throw the ball forty five times. Mm-hmm. And also the the close matchup shootout. Those are the the three sort of things you want to identify. You want to kind of avoid any game you think is going to be a battle. You know, two hard yeah. teams that are just gridlocking it. For sure, that you don't want to deal with that because. No. And in season long, you have to deal with that a lot of times because you have five six on your bench. But in DraftKings, you you want to run for the hills on those gridlock games. I completely agree. I uh so in DraftKings, do you how many running backs do you get? Okay, so you play two running backs and a flex. Mm-hmm. Got it. Well, you want to move on down to the running backs? Yeah, that's fine by me. So, who are some running backs outside of Zeke, obviously, that you would 
avoid this week, and who are some that you just think you should not pass up on? Okay, it seems like the – now this is week one, um, but you're already seeing a pretty large gap in the haves and have-nots. Like, running back's a spot where it's pretty much money in the bank for certain guys, especially guys who catch balls. So, I mean, if you take McCaffrey, you're probably going to get McCaffrey-level production. But, you know, that's 8800 Whereas, like, Matt Breida, he costs 4000 Mm-hmm. So you're, you're basically buying two Matt Breidas. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is what are you – trying to do here are you are you trying to are you gonna if you take McCaffrey you're basically signing up for um a a deep dive at another spot or you can try to spread it out um so if I if I'm going if I'm going top top in you know I'm probably taking McCaffrey there at home against the Rams um, assuming the Rams are going to score a lot. And in the best case scenario, the Rams jump out the gate 10 nothing. Next thing you know, McCaffrey's got eight catches, eight carries, you know, and and probably more carries after that. that that's just a safe baseline. Um, now, I already said his name, but if I'm deep diving, now th- this is not a safe play at all, but I, I love the Tampa 49ers game, and I'm, I'm assuming other people do too. So this isn't some sort of deep take, but uh, <laughs> but I, I love that game, and I think Matt Breida for four thousand, he, he will catch passes, and he has a he has a tendency to break off big plays. He he could go boom, but he he has a pretty large bust chance as well. But in your in your upside lineup, Breida's a pretty that's a pretty cheap price, and uh, I say for for a High-end fade. I mean, of course, Ezekiel Elliott's 9,200. We don't even need to talk about that because he, he's unresolved. But uh, David Johnson at 7,700. That's that's just mm-hmm. too rich for my blood right now. He, uh, I definitely see upside in Johnson. And any any counterpoint anybody wants to make on Johnson, I'll consider valid. But uh, that's just not where I'm going right now. But if I'm going, if I'm going mid-range, I like Dalvin Cook um, against Atlanta. You've got Minnesota's, you know, really doubling down on the run late last year, and what's his face went to New Orleans, um, Latavius. Mm-hmm. So even though I like Mattis, Madison, and I like that other guy Love, I think that guy Love, if if Cook ever gets hurt, there's a guy named Love. That is a beast. He uh, you check his, you check his combine score. That's a whole other conversation. That's like dynasty league stuff. But uh, yeah, I like Dalvin Cook. Like I'm getting all over Dalvin Cook this week. I just, I see a decent game script there for running the ball at home. He's completely healthy off the ACL, which causes his reputation to go down a little bit uh, last year. Um. Those are some of the names I'm looking at right off the top of the, right off the top of the conversation. There's other yeah. guys as well, but I really like um, if I'm looking at just safe picks. Um, Chris Carson, 
Oh, yeah, in that's... Seattle versus Cincinnati for 5,700. I love that. And that's uh, a game script. That's what I'm talking about. Game script. That's a that's... game script because they're going to get up big versus Cincinnati. Then they're going to have to hand the ball off to Chris Carson to eat the clock. Yeah, that's a good call there. I really like that one. Um, the only thing I worry about is that they'll try to limit his touches and get someone like Rashad Penny, who had limited touches last year, to get into it. But I think Carson will for sure play a half, maybe even three quarters um i like that i hate marlon mack at 5600 i think he has no value this year which i know sounds crazy but you look at his game script last year and it was i read a stat almost all of his fantasy points were were up big here's the ball um i was listening to it on the ringer podcast actually i like Devontae freeman a lot for 5300 i know you said dalvin cook i like that one too that's I think that Atlanta versus Minnesota game can have a couple big big plays, um, big players. I think Freeman, Minnesota defense is good, but you can't put guys in the box against that uh, Atlanta wide receiver group. So I think Freeman might have a big game there. And then they're actually like all right beside each other. My third one, just really safe pick, Philip Lindsay at Oakland. Uh, on Monday night, $5,300. Philip Lindsay, I'm not as big on him as many people were last year, but I'm very low on Oakland's defense. Um, so that's people I'd look into at a really safe price. But then, like, my two kind of mid-range price guys, Nick Chubb at Tennessee. I know Tennessee was really good against the run last year. But as everyone listening knows... Um, you're most likely a Browns fan. You might not be. That's fine, but the Browns will not have eight people in the box against them this year, and I'm actually working on a graphic right now, but I'll go ahead and say it. Um, Baker Mayfield was second in big-time throw percentage. That means he threw it a big-time throw the second most times in all the NFL last year. So per throw, he threw it a big-time throw, which is basically a deep ball. Um, the second most in the NFL, um, stati- like percentage-wise. And Bake, I mean Nick Chubb had eight men in the box, the fourth most in all of the NFL, only behind guys like LeGarrette Blunt, um, Chris Carson, and there was one other guy. So, But LeGarrette Blunt and this other guy, I can't think of who it was. Um you know, they barely played any snaps. Nick Chubb had the most men in the box. Eight mo- Nick Chubb had the highest percentage of eight men in the box with over, like, 340 snaps. So that's going to change a lot this year. And we saw him basically rush for 1,000 last year and be the most efficient running back in the league, according to PFF, last year. So I love Nick Chubb in fantasy pretty much every week, um, even against the Titans. Do you yeah, want to... I like Nick Chubb this year, and I, in in general, the fantasy community is all over the Browns right now. Every every guy, his value is basically on nitrous right now. But the DraftKings, I don't know what to anticipate on his ownership level really because people love Chubb, but then you got the Tennessee matchup, so that could keep it down to where could be a decent ownership percentage. I'm I'm not. Anticipating ownership percentage is tough. 
That's uh, mm-hmm. Chris Boyd. That's what he's all about. And he always, every time I talk DraftKings, that's what he wants to talk about is ownership percentage. And uh, it, it's hard to tell which way people are going. Because, like I said, generally they're going to be on Chubb, but then the matchup, it's it's hard saying what Tennessee is going to look like week one. Yeah, and you know, Tennessee has a lot of ballers on that defense. Um, truthfully, if Jeffrey Simmons were playing week one, I would hesitate on Nick Chubb. But I think that defensive line is penetrable by Nick Chubb. But, yeah, like you said, all of the Browns are on nitrous right now. I think that a lot of them are overhyped. Jarvis, I do not like in fantasy. Unless it's PPR, then sometimes it's okay. Um, I don't like David Njoku in fantasy. Not nearly consistent enough. I don't like their special teams in fantasy. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I like, but for the price that everyone's putting him at, sometimes it's better to go with a lower-priced guy. But Yeah, his... <sighs> It's gone through the roof, and it's not just Browns fans. It's ever since they got Odell, the I, I've seen him going between quarterback four and eight, and I just I can't pay that. No, no, you, and it's that's not something that you would want. It, it's not something you should be willing to pay. It could pay off too. Every everything has a non-zero chance. That's what you gotta understand when you're playing fantasy too. Is never pigeonhole yourself <laughs> somewhere um, to where you think something's impossible, because then you you're cutting off avenues um, yeah. for success. So I mean, if you get a shot at, at Mayfield at the right price, don't just think, well, pre-draft I said I'm not paying for that. Well, he he may he may be there when you're willing to pay, or sure. say say Tennessee shuts the Browns down, and that hype train gets deflated. That's the perfect time to go the next week and hop on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. And I uh, just so we can keep this moving, we can kind of shift right into the Browns and wide receivers. Do you um, – we'll talk about wide receivers, but I just kind of want to specifically ask about Odell – Compared to years past, I know I personally think his numbers are going to just skyrocket. How do you feel about him, especially in fantasy with what he's being priced at? Well, he, there, there's a whole slew of wideouts I think is probably 10 deep, maybe not quite 10, but 8, that have a legitimate shot at finishing wide receiver 1. And he, he's in the group. His um basically hit the counter argument to that is his health because you have some of these guys that play that play every game every season and then he's proven that he's an injury risk. Now I don't know you can't you don't want to just label somebody as injury prone, especially when they're young, because they'll they'll round off four straight seasons of sixteen games and then all of a sudden that doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm taking Hopkins number one, no doubt. And but I, I expect increased production from Beckham per game. So basically, what I'm saying is, when he's on the field, I expect um, elite production. He but he's going up. He's on. 
he's in the Mount Rushmore tier. So when you're on that tier, any negativity at all will get you pushed down. So the injury, for me, the injury questions got me having him around probably number three or four where I would pick. You know, I'm looking at Hopkins, um, and I like. I mean, I know he's had some down touchdown years, but I'm I'm firm on Julio and mm-hmm. Devontae Adams as well. And Adams it, Adams doesn't have that crazy game upside like some of these guys. Some of these guys are gonna have a 210 yard game with 11 catches. Um, now, I mean, I'm not saying Adams can't do that, but he's that guy that's never going to tank. He he catches balls every week, and he never gets shut down by the, the blanket coverage. Like, some of these guys get shut down by top corners, and for some reason Adams just doesn't. So I'd put him up there if you're looking yeah. for that week in, week out. But i put him right after that, right after those three guys. Mike Thomas, and I like him better than Mike Thomas. And yeah. I, and I, I like Thomas, too. I'm not even hating. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of things you need to take in consideration with the wide receiver group, and I I liked everything you had to say with that. But uh, who are some of the guys that are lower priced? And with wide receiver, it it's hard because that's one of those positions you just kind of want to pay. You just want to pay for no matter what. Um, I agree. When you're talking, no, no middle tier wide receiver is consistent. No, I think in week one, if I'm going week one, um, DraftKings matchups, I would feel comfortable taking Marvin Jones, Detroit at Arizona. He's only 4,800. I like that matchup a lot. Yeah, that's a great call right there. I have that written down on this paper I have here. Nice. And yeah. I also, I also like. Marquise Lee at um wait Marquise Lee wait no 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 that's you not talk- what I, want. I wanted uh I don't know why I even clicked on Marquise Lee I was reading his name and then I just I want I'm trying to find D.D. Westbrook but I was reading Mark there we go D.D. Westbrook for 4800 against Kansas City I like that if you're going if you're trying to find one mid tier wide receiver but like he was just alluding to like wide receiver is a position I pay like so I made a lineup and I have um, Hopkins Marvin Jones and uh, Josh Gordon Hopkins is a big pay guy that's it's a top pay. Josh Gordon is 5,500. Um, I would never pick him in a season-long league, but it's it's weekly. Josh Gordon is playing week one. Josh Gordon's a monster when he's on the field. I'd have to look at it, but he might be the most efficient receiver when he's on the field, yards and touchdown-wise. Um, and then Marvin Jones, you know, playing Arizona, I really like that matchup. I don't know if you would – because I took – Nick Foles so far, Nick Chubb, and Chris Carson. So I I paid a pretty penny for my running backs. Um, I don't know what kind of strategy you go with for receivers. Well, just uh, don't just get, I don't want you to give anything away though. So if you don't, obviously don't say. Well, anything. no, that's fine. I don't. I don't. I'm not uh, crazy like that. But uh, I was just gonna add to your your pick against Arizona. 
Um, who was that? Marvin Jones. Just a, a general fantasy philosophy uh, for this season that I've decided I'm targeting Arizona all the time because the uh, how was that guy? The the coach, the former quarterback. Kingsbury. Yeah, he's he's once he's like the new uh, Chip Kelly. He's gonna come in and now who knows what'll actually happen, but they want to lead the damn NFL in uh, plays per game. So yeah, it, the other team has has to run plays as well. So I'm targeting Arizona all the time, and uh, I also like the D.D. Westbrook call. He he's only 4,800, and the hype train on him within the fantasy world is 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 loud. So I'm guessing ownership percentage on him is going to be high against Kansas City. Oh yeah, uh, the the coach. Uh, Where'd he come from? He came from uh, the Jacksonville coach. Yeah, he just came from a place with two great receivers. It was a uh, well. He he said he's the best route runner he's ever been around. That's what he just said. And when you say something about that in fantasy, something like that, people freak out. So he just said that about a uh, DD. DD DD has ridiculous speed. Um. I'm pretty sure Doug Marone came from like he was with Buffalo and the Saints at one point. Um, let me Google his name. I've got it on the. Here, I'll find it. Okay, he was with New Orleans, then Buffalo, and now he's been with Jacksonville. But now he's like taking over. Yeah. Oh, he was with uh, he was with the Vikings last year. DiFilippo. Oh, offense. Okay, I thought you were talking about Doug. Yeah, that was that was my fault. I was just rambling basically, but yeah, there's a quote out there. Where he, he said he's the best route runner, and he was just with Thielen and Diggs. Yeah, he said D.D. Westbrook is the best route runner he's ever been around. He just said that on August 23rd. He said that on August 23rd. Yeah, and he just left the Vikings. Wow. Now whether that's true or not, like. Yeah, is he just inflating it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's debatable, so you can say whatever you want. I can say I'm the best three point shooter in the county, and <laughs> unless we you know round up every guy in the county, I can just say that, and then I can you know. But that's what he said. So anytime something like that said in the fantasy world, it gets blown up. And every time I read fantasy, I see that quote now. I've seen it on five or six different sites. So if I've seen it, you know the DraftKings junkies have seen it. Yeah. Wow. So. Apparently, my call for D.D. Westbrook is um, shallow, and I need to dig it's a safe. little deeper. It's safe. But I also really like the um, – I really like Josh Gordon, week one versus uh, Steelers. He's made the Steelers his bitch yeah. in his career so far. I I want to say I like um, Larry Fitzgerald at Detroit, but I've been on record saying I think Detroit is going to tie for first. Um, I mean, get second in the NFC North behind Green Bay. I think this Lions defense might might end up being one of the best in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know if I like, you know, Larry will probably get guarded by Darius Slay. I don't love that matchup. Larry's got the size and speed. He's got the speed and skills, but he does not have... Did I say speed again? Dear God, Larry's bigger and more skilled, but he's not faster than Darius Slay, so I don't love that matchup. I don't know if I messed up there or not. 
kind of all over the place. I had too much coffee. But yeah. so those are my wide receivers I like. Um, you know, you that DD bomb. Damn, I didn't know he said that. That's big. But well, uh, it's still a safe play. So you you probably want to stay off of DD in tournament would be my guess. But in head to head or or small group leagues, DD's a fine play. I mean, I have them written down on my paper, so I'm not hating on it. That's no, I no, I'm saying the DD bomb. I didn't know that uh, D oh, Filippo said oh, that. That's yeah. That's big time praise. Um, we're gonna move on to tight ends. I so just looking at this, well, hang I'm on, gonna let's... go ahead and say what my team was real quick, and then I'm gonna go back and keep talking. But I uh, my lineup. I did a free DraftKings lineup just to kind of see fiddle with it. And for you listeners out there, I have Nick Foles, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, Nuke Hopkins, D.D. Westbrook, Josh Gordon. George Kittle, James White, and the Packers D. Um, Packers D is super cheap. I think they've improved a lot during the draft, and they got like three pass rushers through free agency. They played Mitchell Trubisky, which I love if I'm the defense. And James White, cheap, solid flex option. And George Kittle, if you don't want to pay that price for a tight end, you could – Get a lower tier tight end and obviously get two top tier wide receivers. But like Eric's already alluded to, that Tampa Bay versus San Francisco matchup should be something that you are eyeing hard if you are a if you're playing fantasy because they both suck. That's just how it is. Tampa Bay has sucked for some time. And San Francisco, for some reason, ESPN is in love with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is fine. He showed that he's a good quarterback when he plays. But let's not forget, they had the second pick in the draft last year. Their defense is bad. They have a great defensive line, but it's young. It's unproven. Their defensive backs, I mean, outside of Sherman, are awful. And even Sherman is way past his prime. And then their linebackers, they just made the weirdest overpay in the history of all football. Quan Alexander doesn't even have fucking legs, but they paid him. Yeah, I'm not sure about Quan either. He, I, he, I don't love that. And I love O.J. Howard versus him. Sorry, I interrupted you. But I love the tight end versus line, linebacker matchup for both teams. Yeah, O.J. is legit. He is. and that's. But I was just going to say, as much as I hate San Francisco and the hype around them, I love their offensive weapons. And basically every week in fantasy, I'm going to love their out. I'm going to love their matchups. But mm-hmm. anyway, who are you kind of looking at a tight end as a boy, I, whatever well at tight end your your choices aren't as deep as like what at wide out you can go any direction um mm-hmm. but I, obviously george kittle against tampa 6600 um i'm big just in general this season um if the giants are going to move the ball at all now that they could possibly not even be able to move the ball so but evan ingram me is going to be a target monster and until i see otherwise um i like evan ingram and i i also for super cheap on the giants i like sterling shepherd um mm-hmm. just just because who are they going to throw to you know yeah um hunter henry's only 3900 now oh, wow is he really yeah, I'm, I'm guessing people are going to be on him holy shit but that price that price tag now 
here's one for 3200 that is going to now i i respect rams defense um in real life but in the fantasy world they they get they get themselves into a lot of wild games and greg olson he by week four he could be in a body cast but week one he is still standing on his feet as as far as i know he has really nice hair so that usually helps you you know at tight end Uh, for 3200 he's good yeah he's a good player he's old but you know i looked at the game log from last year and i I don't have the exacts but i know he played like seven or eight games two of those games he left in the first half and he caught four or five touchdowns so when when he's playing the whole game his touchdown rate's pretty strong um yeah, Greg Olson is someone that's just been a super solid tight end in this league for a long time, but he can't stay healthy. Yeah. I if I'm looking down at the 3200 and I go up a few. Noah Fant at 3400. If you want a good mix of risk and safety, Noah Fant at 3400 is big boomer bust. As we all saw, might be the fastest tight end to ever be in the NFL now. Um, Joe Flacco, his arm's not what it used to be. His arm used to not even be that spectacular, but he's older now. Where do old quarterbacks want to go? The safe over the middle throw that they know they can make. I thought you were going to say Denver. Jake Plummer, Peyton Manning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I mean, it, and, you know, maybe it's just John Elway's special water up there. No, yeah. But, uh... John Elway does like to take old, washed-up white guys that are tall and try to make them a quarterback. Yeah, Sometimes it works. But this Denver team, I really like them. I, I like their running backs. I like Cortland Sutton a lot. I like Deshaun Hamilton a lot. I like Noah Fant a lot. I love their defense. question is the offensive line and the quarterback, which is a big question. That's a question you don't want to have. And they've been asking that question for three years. Yeah. But I agree with you on the the Denver. I I'm not willing to go out on a limb, but I definitely see a nice roster. And I don't. I hate Flacco just on a personal level, but the man has done some things. So <laughs> I can see it. I can see him leading a team to a winning season. Yeah. Uh. I yeah. I don't disagree at all. And then there are other tight end. We kind of went over the bulk of the tight ends. We got to keep going, though. Um, we don't want to bore you guys. Oh, you don't pick a kicker in DraftKings? That's strange. Well, Darren Waller and Gerald Everett could be good. Um, those guys are basement price. And Waller's famous now from the, uh, uh, what's the HBO show? <laughs> um, Hard Knocks. Yeah, people love him. And the fantasy people love him right now, too. And uh, Another one is Jay Sternberger. Oh, yeah. I, those rookie tight ends, even I know you like Fant, but um, it, it's hard for me to put a safe team together with a rookie tight end. But the yep. boom, boom potential is good. Yeah, I think uh, if I were going to pick a team with a lower-priced tight end, my final choice would be um, Will Disley. <clears throat> he blew up his leg last year. I mean, nasty as hell. Um but he plays Cincinnati. 
when he's healthy, he's a top 10 tight end. I'm not talking fantasy right now. I'm talking football. He's a top 10 tight end, and he's got Russell Wilson, my, in my opinion, the best quarterback in all football. Um, so Will Disley at 2,900 against Cincinnati, I, I don't hate it. Well, um, and the pick of Will Disley is now I'm not supporting it, but it's a perfect call for a upside roster. Like there, there's three things that are certain in life: death, taxes, and week one. Some tight end's going to score three touchdowns, and everybody's going to rush to the waiver wire. So, like, <laughs> could that be Disley? Who knows? But a- every year there's some random tight end that just blows up. I swear. I know. Right now in my uh, Browns access league, and even my um, me and my dad co-commission one that he's had a keeper dynasty league for oof, 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in both of them, I have two tight ends. Hunter Henry is one of the tight ends at both. Now I'm looking at both of them and thinking, who the hell should I cut? And I want to pick up, you know, I'm thinking Disley or um, Sternberger or where's the third one? Hawkinson. Yeah, Raven Hawkinson. Fan. Those are my four that I'm like, God, I want one of them because I think one of those four is going to blow up. And I'm sixth on the waiver in both. So it's like, you know, but like you said, death taxes and a week one tight end oh, blowing yeah. shit up and then everyone in the waiver being on him. Well, but. Uh- one, one deep dive that I missed, though, during the wide receivers, um, I'm looking at these game logs from last year. Tra- Traquan Smith from the Saints. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he had a He's... whole bunch of terrible games. But week 11, 10 catches, 157 yards and a touchdown. Week 5, 3 catches, 111 yards, 2 touchdowns. And he is he the lowest price you're going to find. And it's, it's, stuff, it's crazy calls like that that make you – a millionaire. Now I'm not a millionaire. I can, I can beat my buddies, and I understand the concepts. And it's really hard to make, you know, thousands and thousands on DraftKings. But the one, those are the kind type of guys that put you into those mega hits, those mega scores. And uh, Traquan against uh, Houston Week One. You never know, you know. Yeah, and they're gonna want to be. They're gonna lock up Thomas. Yeah, are going to shade him. So. And he's a year two receiver, which sometimes, you know, those guys just pop out of nowhere. He's the number two guy on the on the Saints. And my my homer call would be uh, James Washington for the Steelers. That Now, those are deep divers. I'm not putting – Yeah. Is putting, James Washington the lowest price? Yeah, he's the same price as Traquan. He's now, that, is, that isn't a bad pickup because I think he's going to emerge as the number two receiver there. I mean, he's 39 – I mean, it goes down clear down to 3,000. But the three thousand guys are, you know, the five, six, seven on the depth chart. Yeah. Um. You know, James Washington, thirty nine hundred. He he could pop off for a bomb, you know, easily. Yeah. Another one I see. Another one of those like, like he's saying that can just really get you to that next level are guys like, um, David Moore. For yeah. at Cincinnati, I mean at since at Seahawks versus Cincinnati, thirty-five hundred. He's think, one of those players that just scores a lot in one game and then kind of has some quiet. And uh, I did I did hit on one of Moore's big games last year, and he he seriously had like four good games. Yeah. So it can happen to you. <laughs> yeah. I uh I don't if it's okay with you I really don't want to go over the defense because I think that's 
here's the thing for the defense. Play the matchup. That's all you got to worry about. Oh, yeah. Sort of worry about who's on the team. But, like, Jacksonville should be your first overall pick this week. I mean, Jacksonville should not be your first defense. They are probably the best defensive roster. They play the best offense. They use, well, it's it's a, stuff you got to look at. A defensive concept is also – now, if you're, if you're looking for a safe lineup, there's obvious choices. But I was just listening to a pod the other day. I don't know who it was so because I listened to several. But there's stati- good statistics that show that n- the number 20 defense doesn't have any better chance of scoring a defensive touch or doesn't have any lower of a chance of scoring a defensive touchdown than the number five defense. And those defensive touchdowns is what drives the huge DraftKings output. Now, that, that number 20 might tank. I mean, you might get nothing. Whereas you get something out of the top level. But if you're looking for that boom, any one of these teams can go boom. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of got to know the NFL and try to put your little knowledge in there with your gut call, combine the two things, and see what see what pops out. Yep. So. Whoa. That's fake. Um, all right. So real quick. Um, I'm going to have Eric help me with one more thing. I'm going to let him go to the county fair. Um, we're going to go through the spreads from Vegas Superbook, or I think they're the same from Vegas and then DraftKings Superbook. But anyway, go through the Vegas Superbook, and we're just going to kind of say, like, who we think is going to win. Uh, maybe a couple of the teams we'll kind of talk a little bit about, but, you know, we're not going to spend too much on this. But Eric, let's just start with Thursday night. Packers at Bears. Bears are the three-point favorite. I'm taking if I'm a betting man, and I'm thinking about betting on this game. I'm taking the Packers ten out of ten times. Yeah, I don't care that Lafleur and Rodgers are just now getting put together. This is that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> as Stephen A. Smith would say, yeah, going up against this Bears team that was fantastic last year. But if you tr- if these if people truly think that they can have the same turnover ratio as they did last year, I think you're wrong. I don't think Mitchell Biscuit takes a step up. I think they're gonna have to put all their marbles on a rookie running back. This Packers defense is vastly improved. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers go into Soldier Field or Soldier Stadium, whatever the hell they call it, and they upset the Bears. What are your thoughts? Oh, and it's Thursday Night Football, and Aaron Rodgers shines in prime time. Yeah, and it, it doesn't make for a good podcast, but I'm going to have to agree with you. And <laughs> honestly, some, some of my picks are going to be biased towards things that I think, even if they're not reality. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's good. I don't either. I think He's a good Bears, fantasy quarterback. Yeah, and I think the Bears are good, and I respect the Bears. Um, But when I, when I see this game, I'm just – I'm looking at the figureheads, and I'm looking at Rodgers versus Trubisky, and I don't like that. Now, the only thing, um, home teams always tend to do better. That's just that's common knowledge. So mm-hmm. the counterpoint would be Bears at home, blah, blah, blah. But I'm taking the Packers there. Yeah, I think the most under-talked about, which no one talks about defense, but the Packers seriously went into Chicago, took the best safety in the NFL, and took them for their own. Now, the Bears, are they still a great defense? 
absolutely they are. Yeah. But you just lost probably the best safety in the NFL last year outside of Derwin James. Packers took him. Aaron Rodgers healthy. Great O-line. Uh, above average running back, which is partially because Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback, but it doesn't matter. Play-wise, a uh, good running back. Like you just said, the most solid outside of Julio Jones receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, I I just in my heart I think the Packers win by ten or so, and I don't know. I just I can't see a scenario when the Packers lose. I most well, of the time I'm kind of back and forth, but I'm not on this one. I don't know what it is. The Bears are all defense and running running game, and um, basically what. I, what I'm defense hardly ever repeats year to year as far as mm-hmm. if you have a great defense, you take a step back most of the yeah, time. Yeah, normally. Now there's been some um anomalies, but this the statistics show that out you know, big time huge defensive years are followed by solid they're still solid, but they don't go off. Yeah. Like, Outside of the you know, teams like the Ravens with yeah. Ray Lewis and stuff and oh. Troy Polamalu had a few years back to back. The Steel Curtain did, but like you said, it's almost never followed back. It's just like a Super Bowl hangover, just with defense. Especially in the modern analytic community, there there's guys that make millions sitting there watching film, how to screw up the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's what they do, and they're good at it. So absolutely, and you have maybe the most talented quarterback in the history of football playing. Against and he has them. a mustache now, which I'm, I think yeah. is important. And it is. It, it's worth at least good, feel good, play good. Yeah. But that's so we're both on board with that one. Um, so I'm taking the underdog week one. Uh, some of these we're gonna fly through, but Falcons and Vikings. I'm taking the underdog again. I'm taking the Falcons. I know it's at home, so it's probably a really risky pick. Falcons have too many weapons, and the Vikings don't have near enough coverage corners for me to feel good about taking the Vikings. What are your thoughts? Um I think I think that's gonna be a tight game and that they really do a good good job setting the line because four points and they're they're favoring the Vikings. I'm that's a that's a tough call. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Atlanta. I just <laughs> I think uh I think Rivers or not Rivers. I think uh, I think Cousins really got exposed a little bit last year. But the only problem with my pick there is I really like the Vikings this year, just in general. So I'm I'm on the fence, but I'm I'm pushing it to Atlanta. I agree. I don't know what it is. I'm really down on the Vikings and the Bears. I think they finished third and fourth in the division, which is very bold. But yeah, the Detroit calls bold, but it's also. Um, I think their defense is going to have the kind of year that Bears had last year, which is even more bold. But anyway. yeah, they need, to, they need to buy into the whole Patricia thing with, you know, ball control and. Mm-hmm. And CJ, I think CJ Anderson was a underlooked at pickup. Oh yeah. Kid might be a bowling ball, but he does it well. Yeah, he's good. But and he's he's a good uh, he's a good uh, juxtaposition to carry on. Yeah, he is, and just a good veteran to help carry on, and carry on's fantastic. Anyway, Eagles, Redskins, I have the Eagles at nine and a half favorites. What do you? Yeah, I'll take the Eagles at basically any line. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'd honestly, I might even pick them if they were, you know, 15 points. That's red. a college football game, but <laughs> who knows what happens. Um, Buffalo at New York. I'm taking the upset again. The Bills are one of the top defenses in the league last year. I think Josh Allen might be the I don't I most I think he might be the most improved player of the year. You know, unless they give it to someone like Baker since he did have 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. If he goes off, I can see that, but I think Josh Allen has the talent. It's just getting the accuracy. Sean McDermott is a great defensive coach. Um Frank Gore, solid. Uh I I don't know. I just Ed Oliver in this defense Something about it screams Le'Veon Bell is not going to have the rapport with his linemen, which someone like Le'Veon, who sits behind the line of scrimmage that long, needs. I take the underdog with the Bills, which I know is probably not a very popular take. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm taking the Jets there. And uh, basically what I'm doing here is I see both two teams that I, I like the way they're trending. I don't think either team is a winning team, but I don't think either team's awful. I'm I'm basically giving the teams a push, and I'm I'm gonna go with the home team there. I like yep. Darnold a little bit better than Allen. Allen's a little bit better playmaker. Um, Le'Veon, I'm very curious just to watch that game. I I don't have any inclination. Yeah, I don't have any inclination as to how he's going to perform. I could I could see him doing a whole myriad of things all the way from. Uh, 100 yard season up to 1300. I mean, I yeah, I have no clue what that dude's gonna do. Out of teams I'm excited to watch this year, the Bills are in my top five. I I just I don't know something about the Bills I love. I love the Bills Mafia. I feel I feel a strong connection with them uh, as a Cleveland fan. Yeah, I read some article about how they're they're so tight in the locker room and all that stuff. And yeah, whether you buy that or not. Yeah, but. they're. I think Ed Oliver. Um, had he had Kyle Williams beside him. Dear God in heaven, that would have been awesome to watch. But you know, Ed Oliver can just take that take that position from him. But moving on, Ravens at Dolphins, and it's only a five and a half spread for the Ravens. I would take that. I that if you just want safe money, uh, you're not going to win big on it. But I the Ravens at five and a half favorites, I think is easy easy money. Yeah, and I hate taking. Um... I hate taking road teams on that big of a spread. And then you've got a lot of variables for the Dolphins. You, They just traded their left tackle. They've their best got, receiver. They've got the uh, most lovable quarterback in the NFL starting for them, but he's surrounded by a whole bunch of broken toys. So yeah. I don't know. I, I would hear an argument with, Fitzpatrick starts the year out super hot every single year. Yeah, which he's worries me. But. And he could be a DraftKings. Um, I'm pretty sure he was only like 4,300, which in the quarterback world is. That's worth making a lineup around. Um, like one little cheap lineup just to see what happens. But yeah. I, but uh, I'm, t- I'm taking the Ravens there just because I respect the uh, overall direction of the Ravens right now. Yeah, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. Pisser yeah. get off the pot, and they're they're pissing. Yep. Um, 49ers at Bucks, the fantasy showcase of the week, in our <laughs> opinion. Watch I, that game about seven to six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just terrible offense. Yeah. I, but, I don't like taking the home team. I don't like 
picking against the home team, but the 49ers just have too many weapons for me, for me to pick against. I think DeForest Bunkner might make a couple big plays, um, but, you know, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Goodwin, Pettis, uh, just, oh, you know, they're running backs. I just can't pick against them. So I'm taking the underdog again. That's just, I don't know. I'm taking the Niners too as well. Um, I like I like what the I like Bruce Arians and I like uh, some of the skill I like some of the things some of the things the Buccaneers are doing. But overall, I d- I don't care for their overall roster. And the Niners, I mean that that game's a toss up. But I'm I I actually Garoppolo had some terrible reports coming out about him in the preseason how bad he looked and all that. But uh. I could be wrong, but I am a believer in Garoppolo right now. Talk to me in a month. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Niners there. Next one is Chiefs at Jags. I, it's a four-point spread for the Chiefs. It's it's tough to do, but I think Andy Reid probably drew up some stuff that the Jaguars have never seen. New head coach for the Jaguars. New offensive coordinator in for the Jaguars. New quarterback in for the Jaguars. I just don't know if it clicks enough week one. I'm taking the Chiefs uh, with four-point favorites there. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs as well. Um, I hate that I'm picking so many road teams because I know what the the statistics are as far as NFL as a whole and what, what the game's turnout is, but you can't. With that said, you can't just go straight by that because week to week it changes. So I'm gonna go with the Chiefs there, and I like I like the Jags, but I don't think Nick Nick Foles can hang with uh Addy. with a with a high scoring output game. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, and we'll we'll see though. We'll see if if uh, LSU Fournette shows up. Those four games he played in college, we'll see if you know <laughs> if he shows up. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I uh. Next, game of the week. Oh, is that just for Cleveland fans? It's the game of the week? Okay. Uh, Titans versus Browns. Five and a half point favorites for the Browns. I, I, I'm i going with the Browns here, but it's not like I'm just, oh, yeah. Case closed, Browns, easy. Now, Taylor, Lewan being out uh, week one just demolishes the Titans' chances even more. Um. You know, you have one of the best left tackles in the league trying to guard Garrett, block Garrett. Now you have a backup. That's I think that's all the difference in the world for me to say I feel comfortable that the Browns will win by at least five and a half points. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Browns as well. Um, Tennessee is one of them teams that always – they're incredibly hard to predict over the last five years. They uh, They're really good at going eight and eight. Yeah, I don't, I don't know when those eight are going to be. Um, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is a ticking time bomb. Yeah, and he, yeah, he goes off and then he disappears, then he goes off again. And uh, is uh, you would know is is uh, what's his face going to be on the field this week? Taiwan Taylor, is he playing? Uh, yeah, he is playing. Where's he at on the depth chart? I never looked into it after that deal. So he is. It's um, Odell Jarvis Higgins, and then. Ratley's listed above him, but Ratley is um 
he probably, in my opinion, won't get more touches than Taewon. I I think they got Taewon as like I, he is a perfect Joker player, and you know I like Taewon. Yeah, if you're a Titans fan, you don't like him because he's underperformed drastically. But Baker Mayfield is one of the best quarterbacks in the league at letting guys get yards after catch shit because he's one of the more precise and quick. He has a very quick release and get the ball gets to the person quick. Uh, and I think Taylor Lewan is not good. God, Taiwan Taylor is uh, I think he's going to be really big for the Browns this year because you're going to have a lot of deep balls with Callaway and OBJ that Taiwan Taylor is great when he gets the ball. Oh yeah, I liked him. I liked him when they got him, and he kind of just got pushed out of there because they got Brown. And um, I do like AJ Brown. I think he's going to be the best receiver out of that draft, though. I, I do. I just, it's just, can he get enough volume? Yeah, he's, that's the. You see that picture with him and DK? Oh uh, God, he's huge. Yeah, those guys are unreal. And AJ Brown's a better route runner, uh, quicker, more physical, can play inside and outside was more productive in college than DK. Yeah. And uh, the problem is when you get drafted by the Titans, if you're not an offensive lineman or a defensive li- or a defensive player, you're pretty much getting drafted to die. Oh, no yeah. receivers yeah, like You go ahead. They, they might have they might have drafted him to block. Like they yeah. might have <laughs> <laughs> They saw the picture and they're like, "Oh yeah. shit, is that is that a tight end?" Yeah. Uh yeah, but like people like Corey Davis, Taiwan Taylor just drafted to die so far, but yeah. yeah, I think, and also, Taiwan Taylor, like, he's either going to tell the Browns kind of what the game plan was, and the Titans are going to realize that, and Mike Vrabel's going to change the game plan, so then they'll have a week to change the game plan, or the Browns are going to kind of know, like, what direction the Titans are looking at going at. And that's the biggest problem with week one is the better team usually wins just because you don't know what they're going to do. But now I think the Browns are not only the better team, but they also might have a chance to kind of understand what the Titans are looking to do. Yeah, I never even thought about that angle. And I don't put that out of the realm of one of the reasons why they got him. I'm not yeah. saying that's why they got him, but they definitely talked about that, I guarantee it. Yeah, and I think that Freddie and Munkin, like someone as fast as Taiwan Taylor, Freddie, I mean, Munkin is just licking his chops. Like, we're going to let this dude score on the Titans week one. Well, on the Browns, it's... It is imperative that they get out of the gate this year. They, yeah, with with all with, the expectations. Yeah, and then they've got Rams week three, so they need to. They can't afford, you know, they've got Rams and Baltimore three four. Yeah, so, and if you start out two and two, that's not the end of the world. No, you know, teams have started off worse, but then you know you got the Seahawks and the the Patriots coming up after that. Not right in a row, but. You know, the first half of the season's brutal. If you can get to the second half of the season, there's like they play the Bengals twice, the Bills, the Cardinals. It's it's smoother sailing. But yeah. uh and the well, NFL's hard. Like it, it is. If you dig a hole, if you dig a hole, you're it's trouble. It's not like baseball. You can be fifth in your division in baseball and then, you know, start the year for the first month and then all of a sudden turn that shit around. But Oh yeah. NFL, you get 16 chances. Yep. You don't want to mess up a single one because there's teams like the Chargers, and not the Chargers, there's teams like the Cardinals and the Bills that have the talent that can blow up any week, and you don't want to play those games and, like, have to win them. But yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. NFL is NFL is a whole different monster. That's why I love it. Um. Yeah. Everybody's good. Yeah, and the Dolphins, I think, are truly the only team that I would play this year. That I'm just kind of like, <laughs> that's yeah, funny. Yeah. the Dolphins. That's yeah. That I mean, the only players I can think of on that team that are any good are Kenyon Drake, Christian Wilkins, uh, and Xavier Howard. Like, yeah. I, I, Jerome Baker. Someone trade for that man. He had an outstanding end of the year last year. Now he's just gonna die off there. But yeah, anyway, Devontae uh, Parker's like, I don't even know who they're gonna throw the ball to. I know. I, it's gonna have to be Preston Williams, a, yeah. a rookie. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of hype too. He does. Problem is, can he? Uh, does he have the athletic profile? I uh, don't know. The next game is Rams at Panthers. I think that's gonna be a better game than some people think. Um. I'm taking the Rams. I know they're the road team. Um, and I this is one that I wouldn't bet on because I think the Panthers could just as easily win. If Cam Newton's you know, 80% of what he was his MVP season, 70% of what he was, they have a chance every game they play. But I'm going to take the Rams. But if I'm a betting man, avoid this game. Yeah, it, it is a tough game to call. But I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Panthers. And um, I don't have any analytics to back me, but I just feel the Panther vibe this year. I feel like I feel like Cam finally has weapons, and now they're not prototypical weapons; they're Cam Newton type of weapons. You know, those <laughs> those wideouts are strange, in my opinion. Yeah, Samuel. Yeah, he's a strange wideout, but he he's got ability, and DJ, you know, more. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's tough. And then uh, they they have a, a constant source of yardage with McCaffrey. Now mm-hmm. they can give it, you know, they can hand it off to him, or they can. And their their defense is above average. And the only the only problem with that game is the Rams are incredibly high powered when it's working, and they could price Carolina out of the market. Like if the Rams score thirty, I don't think the Panthers are scoring thirty. No, but I'm gonna go with the Panthers at home with the points. So I like that. Um, I didn't realize that those backup running back to McCaffrey was Scarlet out of Florida. I like that pick. Well, they just up. cut that that Cameron Artis Payne. They just cut him. Ah, so I, I thought think. there was someone there. I I love Will Greer. I love Will Greer. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, and. Tight ends outside of Greg Olson. It's very scary. Oh, yeah. Ian offensive, Tuck, the think. offensive line, though, they improved it. Yeah. They realized they had a weakness. And then Gerald McCoy and Bruce Irvin being added to that team on top of Brian Burns. And Christian Miller, which he has a lot of questions about because of his – they didn't have an awesome athletic profile. People, Some people say, you know, he's the makeup of an Alabama team, but – then they obviously have, you know, the a top two linebacker in the league. And definitely if he's def- healthy. Yeah. And then Which defensive he is, he is right now, so Yeah. And then you have defensive backs like Eric Reed, Trey Boston, and Dante Jackson. I, I like that. I'm like you said, the the NFC South is gonna be tough. There's the oh, yeah. Panthers, um, and then Saints are obviously the heavy favorite. Falcons are good. And Tampa Bay is just one of those 
damn pesty teams that can pull one off and just really ruin your year. Yeah, they can score 40 and then give up 39. Yeah, and win those five games, but three of them could be against contenders. I mean, exactly. They play really well against the NFC South. Yeah. And they could, too. I mean, you never know. They could win. If they can somehow get a running game. Yeah, I mean, they have one of the best tight ends and one of the best receivers in all football. Oh, yeah. So put some shit around them. But uh, the next is Lions at Cardinals. Lions are only two and a half point spread. I take the Lions on the road. Uh, that defense is just nasty. I love Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray's going to be special. But Kingsbury, I think, is going to have a little bit of a growing pain. Matt Patricia is a defensive mastermind. And that defensive line is nasty. It is nasty. I so I I, I like the Lions. I I really like the Lions this year. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Detroit in that game. Um, I mean, going out on a ledge for Detroit is is a bold call. We're gonna here in about eight weeks. We're gonna have to we'll we'll revisit. You can take a victory lap, or you can uh, eat the <laughs> walk of shame. Yeah, but uh, I I don't hate it. Uh, they they have players, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Detroit there too. I'm gonna ride your bandwagon. Nice, I like it. Uh next is Cincinnati at Seattle. <laughs> Another college spread, nine and a half points. Yeah, I'm taking it. Uh, AJ Green probably won't play. Um, so now literally the only person left on that roster worth a damn is Tyler Boyd and Geno Atkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like Andy Dalton. I, and Andy Dalton is a beginning of the season uh, master. He's always awesome the first four weeks. Uh, the past yeah, three not- years, week four, ESPN, are the Bengals going to win in the AFC North? No, they do this every year. Yeah. But uh, I don't think the Bengals have nearly enough. Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, run the score up on them. Yeah, I, I like the Seahawks there too. and I've always been a Pete Carroll guy. He's Dude's just a stud. Follow, look at his resume. Yeah. Uh, now nine, nine's a, it is nine on the side I'm looking at. What? That's a pretty large spread. It is. Yeah. I'm not gonna dis. I don't think I would bet on this one just because of the spread, but. Yeah. I think it's Bengals, You know, if they can get the running game going, blah blah blah. But. Uh, they I, do have Mixon. I forgot to mention him. Oops. Yeah, and he, he's a draft combine darling. I mean. Um, he, he just looks like talent. You just look at him, but, uh, it's hard to evaluate him because no line. It's hard to tell if it's his fault or, I mean, he, he did have a great year last year. I'm not taking that away from him, but I don't, I don't think he has much explosion to be honest. No. And I think they're going to have, see a lot of eight men in the box. Oh yeah. All day long. So yeah. Seahawks. He there. Lead, yeah. He might lead the league in that. Um, next is Colts chargers. Chargers are a three-point favorite. I'll take that with my eyes closed. I would bet. I would bet on that if I were a better. Like that. I think that's solid money. Yep. I, I think I the Chargers there. The Colts are a good team. The problem is, Jacoby Brissett, for being honest, is probably the 25th or worst quarterback in the league. Like mm-hmm. he's not better than 25th. You don't win that way. I don't care how good your roster is. I don't care how good of a backup Jacoby Brissett is. You just can't win with a quarterback like that. And it just so happens the Chargers have one of the best defenses, one of the best receivers, one of the most promising tight ends, and one of the best. Yeah. yeah. 
it's that's Chargers got written all over it. Well, and the the Colts too. I could see them surprising people, but when you're gambling or betting, you have to you have to go with what you know. And I hear a lot of people saying crazy things about Brissett, and I'm I'm not sitting here saying they're wrong, but he has to go do that. It's not like we're just going to the bank and being like, here's my Jacoby Brissett, give me, give yeah. me, give me four thousand yards, please. Like, yeah, that's that's too risky. It's too yeah. big of a build to fit. It is. Week one, you got to go Chargers there. E- even if the Colts, nobody would be completely mind blown if the Colts look good. But y- you just got to go Chargers when your hard-earned money's on there. Yep, I completely agree. Um, and the next one, Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys is seven-point favorite. I Something That's- about this screams to me, take the Giants. Because I I don't know. Something screams Saquon's going to go off. Maybe Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram go off. And if Zeke's not playing, I don't love that Dallas offense. No. I I definitely would not bet Dallas seven-point favorite. I just don't like that. It's a trap game. Because the there's all that hate on the Giants. Yeah. Uh, just in general, there's hate on the Giants. Like, you, you talk about the Giants and it in any room of people and they'll just they'll say five negative things yeah no positives yeah so anytime you hear that you see big lines and you you see lopsided betting lines i guarantee people are going to be betting the cowboys hard um i think that's a bad that's a bad move yeah i'm gonna agree with you there i'm gonna go giants and uh basically that's with the precursor of zeke being out right now if zeke comes i've I think Zeke's the best running back in the NFL. So if he comes back, I'll flip flop there. But right now, without Zeke and Tony Pollard, it's just whatever. I mean, yeah, I uh, was reading the other day. He's he never had double digit carries in college. Really, I one time. It. Yeah. So he, that's he got pumped up by Jerry Jones. I mean, and then everybody yeah. got on board. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm taking the Giants on that one, but that's ballsy. But yeah, we'll it's see a how tough it goes. ball, but. I'm, I agree. The next one is Steelers at Patriots. Patriots a six and a half point favorite. I don't love that bet either. Uh, yes, it's the Patriots at home, but it's Patriots week one. Patriots suck at the beginning of the year, and the Steelers are good. Yeah. Like I'm a huge Browns fan, and I think the Browns are better than the Steelers. However. Just because you're better than someone doesn't mean you win. The Warriors were better than the 2016 Cavs. Cavs won. There's a difference between being talented and being able to win. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like, so I don't know. I mean, the Steelers. I I would not bet against the Steelers going 12 and four this year. Like, they're a very good team. And they're highly motivated too. They're very highly motivated. They have a fast defense. Devin Bush is. I mean, if he. Devin Bush is. That was a good pick. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, he's huge. I yeah. mean, not huge, like, size-wise. He's huge, like, as a pick. And I think this game might come down to, can Devin Bush make that play to win or lose that game? Like, it might not come down to that exactly, but how does he play against Tom Brady? Like, is Tom Brady going to pick him apart as a young rookie or not? Well, I'll be but, interested to see if he's on um, James White or, like, I don't know what the Steelers are going to do with him. They, they're gonna do a lot of things probably, but 
I, I want to see what what it is. Yeah, I don't. I'm taking. Is, I have to go Steelers here, but. Yeah, I do too because because I don't think the Patriots can win by seven. I don't. I don't want to bet on that. I mean, I, I think they can win by seven, but that's it, just another trap. It could come down to um, with those two teams, and they have similar offensive profiles as far as um, what they try to do. Now, I know that on paper that's not true. New England was one of the. I'm pretty sure they were top five in the NFL in rushing attempts last year, and the Steelers were near the bottom. But I don't mean on paper. I mean they need they both need to establish Sony Michelle and James Conner. Yep. The, the game plan will go from that. Like if whoever can run the ball in that game might be the who comes out on that one, which is yeah. not not really, really big. But and I really like the Patriots running backs with Damian Harris. I think he's better than Josh Jacobs um, out of Alabama. Here's the thing. There's two rules in football. If Nick Saban plays someone over someone else, there's a reason. Yeah. And if the Belich- if the Patriots are trying to trade for someone that you're not using, well, buddy, start using them. Yeah. Yes, those are the two golden rules of football right now. And and if Lincoln Riley's doing it in offense, you need to do it too. Those are those would be my three rules. Um yeah, so I, so I I like the Patriots running game, and I don't know this this game and the Cowboys game they just blow my mind. Like I just would not feel comfortable betting the Patriots six and a half. No, that that line's too big. R- regardless of which side you fall on it, like I think the line should be closer. But yeah. they're at home and and they consider like the people who make lines consider things that are beyond what you think about football. They also, they try to put it, they try to put it at a spot where they think they're going to get 50 on one side and 50 on the other. And, or not, not quite 50, but they, they try to anticipate which side's going to come in heavy. And then they want to be on the other side at the right. You get what I'm saying? You know what I mean? It's not all football. They got to make their money. Yeah. They're trying to, they're trying to anticipate which side that I'm, I'm assuming they think like whoever made the line, they think the betters are going to be on new England and they probably think the Steelers will be under the six. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and and that's how they get people. And that's how people make millions is when they realize not to bet on a game like this. Yeah. The the bet, the betting public, especially week one, you know, you get more turnout too, because you get the, yeah. Football fans gambling, they're gonna be all over New England. Oh yeah, I uh, yeah, we're on the same page on that one. But uh, this next one is disgusting to me. Houston Texans at New Orleans Saints. Saints seven point favorite. I know. I don't like that at all because Houston's biggest problem last year was their left tackle, and you can play left tackle. You can be traded and play the next day as left tackle. You got one job. They're not going to make complicated play calls for Tunzel. I I just like the Texans in this game. Um, I think Duke Johnson's going to be motivated. I don't think he's going to have a great year, but I think he's going to prove to be the runner he was in college. He was a great runner in college. Um, I'm a Duke Johnson truther. I don't know why. I just am. He's an excellent running back. Um, can he do it week in and week out now? I don't know, but and the Saints, 
I'm not as high I'm not as high as them as people as most people are. I think outside of Michael Thomas and Kamara, you start to look at their weapons and it's kind of disgusting. Um, they yeah. don't have much. And Mike Michael Thomas, I think, is a great receiver, but we're gonna see. This is how you find out when you are the clear number one. You're one of the best receivers in the league, and you're gonna get shaded the majority of the season. Well, and he was one of the worst receivers in the NFL last year on depth target depth he he's doing all his damage inside 10 yards i mean yeah. I, I don't have the exact numbers on on that but i know that's true he he stays close like he's not that deep threat You're, it's either him or breeze but for some reason he's not getting depth targets yeah no i completely agree so i i take the texans in this one um i'm going saints um all your points are valid, but I'm just thinking a lot of moving parts, questionable running game for Texans. Um, in general, I'm on the Texans train this year, but in the Bayou, Week One, in the Dome. Yeah, I, 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 I I'm not gonna refute that. I mean, that's very valid. Yeah, it's it's a hard call, but that's what the side I'm on on that one. Yeah, the and the last one, the most coveted game. Of the century, the Denver Broncos versus Oakland Raiders. Nobody's going to stay up and watch this shit show, especially <laughs> if AB's not playing. I'm going I'll, to bed. I know what you're saying. I'm on a weekend shift, though. So. Oh, see, fine. yeah, this is your weekend. Yeah, I'll be I'll be getting wild with some cranberry juice <laughs> at that time. <laughs> but, uh, Maybe not sugar-free. I don't know. <laughs> Now you're getting wild. Yeah, that's just how yeah, we shouldn't talk like that on the podcast. Yeah. You have to flip it to explicit. <laughs> but uh, the Denver Broncos were at the Oakland Raiders. Raiders a two point favorite. I take the Broncos on this one. Uh, Broncos defense is stout. Joe Flacco is proven. He's proven he can win with a good defense. I think he's got good enough weapons around him to carry him. I like the Broncos. By maybe even of just a field goal or a point, but I don't like the Raiders in this game. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Um, it's pretty much a terribly ridiculous reason, but <laughs> I've I've been watching Hard Knocks and John Gruden has me just sucked up right now. It's so knock on, knock on wood. That dude is a beast. I don't know if they're they're making the right personnel moves or. If their roster is even good, but I'm not going against them after watching four episodes, uh, <laughs> because just because I don't know, I just love that guy. He's just the man. I think I think the uh, the wise guy money is probably Broncos, but at least for one week, I'm gonna go with with the hey, Raiders. I don't, I do not blame you at all. Um, at home, so. yeah, they could blow up. I mean, they could have a really good game. I really like Derek Carr. I think he's underrated as hell. Um, yeah, he. He's got AB. What? That's that game's. It's kind of a poopy game a little bit, but there are storylines to watch there. Yeah, there are, and uh, that Raiders offense is um, is can be very explosive if they can put it together. Yeah, who knows? I mean, who knows? But yeah, that uh, that's it for the thirty-two uh, for the thirty-two teams. Uh, if you guys are betting. I hope you take this with a grain of 